This is Annie Fox for Family Confidential, Secrets of Successful Parenting. My guest today is Wendy Young, award-winning child and adolescent therapist. Hi, Wendy. Welcome to Family Confidential. Annie, I am so excited to be here with you. Thank you so much for having me. My pleasure. You and I have been connected via Twitter and maybe even before that. um, Even before, I think, right? For for a really long time. So I'm I'm delighted delighted to have this opportunity to talk with you. And today we're going to be talking about kids and divorce. And it's it's a, a sad state that um, I'm aware of all the time because of the emails that I get from tweens and teens. Um, Usually um, it's a very chaotic time for the family and I would love to tap into your expertise for um, some tips both for parents and kids. Let's start with with parents first. Um, What's been your experience? Um, Maybe top three tips you've got for parents who are right now in the middle of a divorce or in the wake of the aftermath where there's still kind of yucky feelings. Right, right. That's an excellent question because there are so many issues that that children and parents both face during a divorce. But the top three tips I think I would give is the first one is communicate, communicate, communicate. That's the first one? (laughs) (laughs) You've got to. Yeah, that's three in one there. Communicate, communicate, communicate. Keep those lines of communication open and be able to allow your child to feel the feelings that he or she is having. No feeling is out of bounds when it comes to um, a loss such as divorce. And and divorce is a major loss in everyone's lives. So the communication piece um, with feelings is huge. Um, And then the second one I would say is love. And probably that should be the first one, Annie, actually, but love and, and allowing your child to know how much he or she is loved that he or she is loved by both parents all the time, whether they're together or whether they're apart, and that that love will never change, even though there are so many things changing around um, them in their life at that point in time, the love will never go away. And then the other third piece of the third tip that's really, really important, I think, too, is letting kids and teens know it's not their fault. There is nothing you could have done or said or even thought about that would have caused dad and I to break up. This is an adult issue. We had problems that we couldn't work out, and this has nothing to do with you. Kids need to hear that not only when they're first learning about the divorce, but also later um, as the as the divorce is finalized and even years after that, that it's not their fault. These are great. And I want to go back to the first one because communication is, mm-hmm. it's essential as you and I know, but it's right. also hard when you mix emotions into, into mm. this whole thing. So if, for example, um, there is an infidelity that caused, mm-hmm. that caused the, um, the breakup and, you know, sometimes parents are loath to talk about details and, and, you know, most of the experts say that you shouldn't bad mouth one parent to another. And yet the person who, who has felt cheated on has very, very strong feelings. Um, how, how do you communicate mm-hmm. and allow your children to ask questions and give them straight answers when, um, you're feeling so wounded? Yeah, that's an excellent question, Annie. When we ourselves are emotionally wounded or we're in pain emotionally, the first thing we want to do is lash out. We are human beings. And at that point in time, we're operating from our emotional brain, not from our highest um, thinking cognitive part of our brain. And so I have a couple of thoughts on that. Number one, 
parent first, number two, deal with your own feelings second. So you have to deal with your child because he or she has very limited coping skills. And I want parents to imagine this. If you are feeling out of sorts, feeling kind of wonky, feeling like your world has turned upside down, and you do when you're going through a divorce, imagine what that child or what that teenager must feel like having the limited amount of coping skills that they do. So there's a couple things parents can do. One is to get a really good friend or a really good therapist or a really good life coach to to just let all of that stuff go to, to, to be themselves and be in their emotional brain and let all the yuckiness go to the places that don't affect their children. Without their the ch- child. So have a separate session yes. or two or 10. Absolutely. <laughs> Absolutely. And vent. Okay. Absolutely. And then allow your child to feel whatever feelings they may be feeling mm-hmm. um, and be that sounding board for them and to say to them, how are you feeling today? And, and you know, here's one thing that I found sometimes Children and teens have a hard time expressing their feelings in some families to begin with. And so when you have a divorce and there's not an open communication, uh, things tend to get a little bit uh, dicey for those families. And so one way to work around that for parents, um, if they're not used to talking about feelings with their children, um, you know, on an everyday basis, is to say to them, on a scale of zero to 10, where are you today? With 10 being the best you could absolutely feel, and zero's like, oh my gosh, why did I get out of bed today? Where would you put yourself in that zero to 10 point scale? So having kids scale that. And that's really important down the road too, because it helps kids kind of look at their growth over time and notice that I used to be at a zero or a two in regards to dealing with this divorce and this change in my life. And now I'm at a five or a six. And so Things don't always stay as they are in this moment in time. They change. That, that's get excellent. I love it. And, it. and that idea of self-monitoring and a self-assessing gives the Great. child power and, and to see progress and to, to give themselves credit for, for that kind of progress. Um, what happens when divorced parents start dating? And um, a third person who's not mom or dad is now part of the family. Either, either officially or in unofficially. Right. And that can pose lots of issues, um, even if no matter if that dating occurs right soon after that divorce took place or even a couple years or years down the road. It's really hard. What's really important is that parents allow their children to know by telling them um, and, and by having these conversations with them, your mom will always be your mom. Your dad will always be your dad. Nobody will take their place. And the idea also that people have a right to be happy in their lives. I, I do. I truly believe that we all have a right to be happy. And right now, mom is dating this new person. And I wouldn't recommend introducing this new person from the get-go right away. You might want to wait and see if that's something that's going to work out before you start introducing your children to all of these new people. But when it looks like something, like it's a relationship that's going to be lasting for a while, and you feel the need and, and the time has come to introduce your children, then you want to let them know that this person is a person that makes mom happy. It's somebody that I enjoy spending time with. Mm-hmm. It's somebody that I want you to get to know also. And we'll take it slow and we'll mm-hmm. take it on your terms and ask your child, do you have any questions about this person? Do you have any worries about this person? Asking those key questions about feelings related to this new person is part of that keeping communication open. Okay. Now you've just sparked two things in, in me when you ask the child do you have any questions about this person or feelings what if the child says I hate her 
How much does a child's vote count in this kind of situation? And that is not that far off the beaten path, Annie, what you just said, because I think that's a pretty common reaction. Don't like her, don't want to meet her, don't want to know her, don't even want to know her name. Um, I think at that point, again, we go back to validating feelings and saying to our child, this is hard for you. This is hard right now. And I think that's a key uh, kind of word to use with your children, hard right now. This is hard right now, which implies it's not always going to be this way. It's not always going to be this hard. So once we validate that feeling, this is hard right now, you're upset about this. You're feeling angry. You're feeling like this is not something that you want to have to deal with at all. Validate that feeling first and foremost, and then move forward with having expanded conversations about it. Does a parent um, allow a child, or this is a loaded question, allow a child Mm -hmm. to, to dictate how much time he or she can spend with a new partner? I think that that is a really scary prospect when we start allowing children to dictate what a parent can do and how a parent should live their life. That's giving a child so much power that it's actually really scary to a child. When a child's saying, well, you can only see him on, on Saturday and Sunday. When, I, when I'm with the other parents. Right, <laughs> right, right, Annie, exactly. And, you know, I've worked with families where that has been the case. And parents have come to me with that very question. They don't like me being with him. They don't want me to be around him. I'm only allowed to be around allowed. him when oh. and, and that whole thing of being allowed. Um, Parental boundaries have to be kept firmly in place because remember, whether you have a toddler or a teen, they're looking at you because you're the big person with a big brain and you're the one that has to be able to think this all through and be steady as a rock for your child, no matter what emotional storm is brewing, you know, around you. So not to give your child that much power would be the most important thing. Okay, and now I'm going to lead to another situation that's that's related. This relationship mm-hmm. with the new partner has become serious, and uh, now we're talking about sex. We're talking mm-hmm. about sex in the home while the child is there, and how do you handle that? Well, I think that, you know, that's an issue whether you're married to somebody and you're married to their to the the other parents still or you're in a new relationship uh, with somebody else. I would say first and foremost, parents need to be discreet because sex is a private thing. And that is something that loving relationships have as a component. One component of a loving relationship is sex. And um, I would say that we need to be discreet and we need to be respectful of boundaries and um, we need to proceed as we would in any relationship and protecting children from situations and and topics of discussion that we wouldn't normally include them in anyway. So that doesn't change. And I'm not sure if that answers your question, Annie. No, I don't know if more, more, I was thinking someone spends the night. Mm-hmm. Oh, if, and, if you and, have somebody, yes. if you're having somebody spend the night. I think that that goes back to personal values and your personal ideas and how you choose to incorporate those into your new life as you move forward after a divorce. And what you want. I mean, I, I really, there's so much tied up in that, such as religious background, values that you've taught your children, especially if you have teenagers and you're saying, this is something I want you to wait for until you're in a very committed relationship. And then you have a relationship um, unfolding in front of their eyes and they're watching you. They're watching every minute to see what you're going to do. But I think that since sex is a normal and healthy um, thing, and it's a normal component of any relationship that is healthy and long lasting, that we have, again, 
open discussion with our kids about that and what that means and how that affects them. And uh, moving forward, what what is that going to look like um, for your family as it is now, as it is as it's developing and unfolding and growing in new directions? Mm-hmm. I think there is really nothing that we cannot deal with if. We can name it. We say what it is, what's happening. We can claim it. We can say, I feel this. I own this. This feeling belongs to me, and this issue is affecting me. And then we can tame it. So as long as we can talk about it and keep it in the open, we can work through it. I don't know if that answers it any better for you. Well, well, there's no hard and fast answer, as you say, because every family is is unique. Exactly. And and I think what the my takeaway from your answer is that we want to make sure that we're modeling the values that that we preach and we Absolutely. want to make make sure that the messaging is 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 really clear and then because kids especially teenagers are very quick to call mom or dad a hypocrite so Absolutely. um you want to make sure that you're walking the walk as well as talking it that so um one last question here i know you've worked with teens in in these kind of situations and i'm sure they tell you what they would like more of and maybe what they would like less of from their parents during right. transition times like like right. a divorce. Um, what have what have kids told you about the rules of divorce? Well, that's an excellent question. And always, whenever I'm working with a child or a teenager whose family is going through a divorce, one of the things I always ask them is, what should the rules for parents be when a divorce is taking place? If you had the opportunity to set the rules, what would they be? And sometimes I have them actually take a piece of paper and put between five, uh, five and ten lines and say on each line, you get to make up a rule. What are they going to be? And I can't even tell you from, from whether a child's at my knees or whether a child towers above me when I'm working <laughs> with them. There are two things that stand out. And one is don't fight in front of me. I don't want to hear it. I don't want to be part of it. I don't need to know. If you have issues with each other, keep it with each other. Don't pull me into it. Which Great kind word. of leads in yeah, which kind of leads into the second one, which is don't put me in the middle. If I'm staying with you for the weekend, dad, don't be talking about mom and telling me your mother needs to do this and your mother needs to do that. And the same thing with mom. Don't be bad mouthing dad because you know what? I love both of you equally. And I need both of you equally in my life. And so those are the top takeaways. But kids know exactly what they need. And you know what? That's a great question for parents to ask their kids. If and when they are going through a divorce, what do you think the rules should be here? What should be the what rules should we play by? Yeah. And I, I think um, it can go in both directions where, where kids are inputting their ideas of the rules and parents say, okay, and this is what I need from you during this time. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, so it goes in both ways and post those rules somewhere yes. and, and gently and compassionately call each other on the rules. If someone has thrown the rules right. out the window and say, Hey, you know, this is not helpful. Yeah. Absolutely. And you know what the good thing about that is, Annie, you bring up this idea of posting the rules. Why that is so important is because then we can say, remember, we agreed that. And Mm. it's on the posting. It's not now mom being the enforcer or dad being the enforcer or the child trying to tell the mom. But you said, remember, we agreed that. That's a beautiful way to handle conflicts as they arise. I, I totally agree. Thank you so much, Wendy. We need to wrap up now, but I want to um, give you an opportunity to tell our listeners and viewers uh, where they can find out more about your work. Oh, sure, Annie. Thanks for having me. Um, everyone can find me at kidlutions.com, and that's K-I-D-L-U-T-I-O-N-S.com. 
Thank you, Wendy Young. Um, I am so delighted we finally got to do this <laughs> after all these years. Um, I, I, I really appreciate the, um, the passion you have for your work, and I'm so glad that you and I are on the same team. Absolutely, so, Annie. Thank you. This is Annie Fox for Family Confidential. To learn more about my work with tweens, teens, and parents, visit AnnieFox.com. And check out my book, Teaching Kids to Be Good People, Progressive Parenting for the 21st Century. Please tune in next week when my guest will be Rachel Simon, award-winning author whose books include Riding the Bus with My Sister and The Story of Beautiful Girl. Until next time, happy parenting. Thank you.